Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And this is Leah, KN6NWZ. And it's time to talk about ham radio, getting ready for field day, and lots of other things. So let's get started. Well, hello, Leah. Hello. It's a great week this week. We're rolling into field day. We're coming off the heels of Father's Day. How was your Father's Day? My Father's Day was was fun. It was a lot of food. A lot of food. So my dad came into town, which is always nice because, you know, the kids love to see him. It's always really fun having him in town. But his favorite thing is roast beef. I made the best roast beef of my life. I have never had such a good roast beef. You you bought this thing from Stater Brothers out here in Southern California. And it was like you needed a wheelbarrow to pull this thing. It was huge. It was over six pounds. Big, big, big roast. And you did a whole lot of things to it. But one of the things you did was a bacon lattice. Mm, And I'm thinking to myself, there's no way this is going to both be at roasting temperatures Mm. and not have the bacon come out like a mess, Mm. like a charred mess. You you have to roast roast beef low and slow. Sure, sure. But even then, like at some point, bacon just like says, I'm done here. It dries out. It gets thin, whatever. You pulled that thing out and it was like perfect. I saw the, the the quilt of of bacon, and I was like, "Man, this is this is amazing." And then you cut it, and it was just it was amazing. Then my dad loved it; everybody loved it. You the next day, we broke out the deli slicer, which yes. was a gift from my dad like years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Sliced it up, and you made French dip sandwiches. You know what? I think I had to make it up to your dad. Oh my goodness! Because. I used to make roasts really often. Yes, yes. Okay, it was a default thing that I would make when he would Mm -hmm. come to town. Right. And I have not made it in years. Mm -hmm. And I know that he bought me that deli slicer because of the (laughs) amount of roast beef I used to make him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we finished up that. And by the way, you know, so Father's Day happened. I got a uh, wonderful bottle of Centauri whiskey. This is the... Among okay, many the other things. Among some other things. Many yes. other things. Yes. Yeah. So we'll be sipping on that throughout the podcast. But then we, we wrapped up that. So I'm already full Saturday and then, you know, Friday into Saturday. And then the Sunday for your dad, I move a mattress for him. Yes. And then we decide to go to Brazilian barbecue. So much beef. Oh so my gosh. I'm still full from the weekend, but... Hey, speaking of things you got on Father's Day, I'll be enjoying my whiskey and some of my my many other things, like a bunch of Apple AirTags, which... I got, <laughs> I got you clothes, too. The weirdest yeah, reversible yeah. shirt. Weirdest I thing just, I've ever seen. I, I didn't even know this was something you can do. It's a button-down shirt. That Collared is, shirt. Yes. Reversible. Oh, I guess it's not a button-down. That's the wrong, because the collars don't button-down. It is Correct. a collared shirt. Correct. Yeah. Button down implies the collar has that tiny right. little button. Not that buttons go Not down the, the front. Not that the buttons go down the front. Everybody, <laughs> did you know that? The more you know. There you go. Uh, yeah. You gave me a little outfit. I'm styling. But, you know, I'm happy. But, hey, if you guys for Father's Day weren't so happy with what you got, well, maybe consider today's show sponsor, Alpha Antennas. 
Oh, Alpha. Steve at Alpha and Tech yes. is so amazing. So we had a great talk with Steve. And by we, I mean the collective HRCC community. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was at Hamvention, I I passed Steve a couple of times. I stopped to talk to him, but we were he was slammed. I was busy. But then on the last day, I got time to set up the tripod and go through all the things he brought. And he had his vertical antennas, his loops, his portables, his base stations, everything. And you we know, went through pretty much all of his lineup. Not all of it, but a really good chunk. Okay, so I ended up having a conversation with Alpha Antennas. Well, Steve of Alpha. Alpha all the, Antennas. All the antennas. You, you're now Alpha. contacting the hive mind of Alpha Antennas. You were talking just, to Steve. I, I talked to Steve. I wasn't out there talking to an antenna. Right. And... What's your name? <laughs> My name is the HOA Buster. I hate the HOA. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I, we have so much in common. <laughs> How will we take down the HOAs? Mm -mm. Let's talk. About I have it. many ideas on this. <laughs> So I ended up talking to Steve because he reached out right. wanting to sponsor the podcast. Yes. And thank you, Steve. Like, we thank you. That. And uh, I found out Alpha Antenna is obviously ham radio antennas sure but this is an extremely like long-standing company mm -hmm. that deals with antennas in lots of different industries sure and i'm, I'm not going to get into the details right now mm -hmm. you may right hear about now. them later that yes yes indeed but i was i was really floored because when people talk about you know uh like, how is ham radio useful? Mm -hmm. A key component is any knowledge about antennas. And if Alpha Antenna is operating in this many industries, mm -hmm. there are jobs in those industries. Oh, my gosh. RF you know? engineers are still yeah. a, a lucrative yeah. business uh, as an engineer Huge. goes. So. Huge. Huge. And you know what? AI oh. can't take those jobs over. Well, I mean, they can do antenna design. They can do antenna design, no, but the implementation, the you know, the making of it is something that AI that for AI soulless does. antennas. That's yeah. not how Alpha Antenna does it. They do it for the love. But for something fun that we're doing in in collaboration with Alpha, is we're doing an antenna giveaway. Ooh, this giveaway is amazing. Yes. So, one of the antennas that we talked about that he was holding up through part of the video, go back and watch that video. In fact, it'll probably be in the show notes, was his HOA Buster antenna. So 10 through 80 meters HOA Buster antenna, which can be used in a variety of methods. But the one that he talks about uh, on the video, and obviously what we're going to mention is that this is a gutter antenna, right? Oh my so gosh. it's got a copper spike that goes in the ground, and then there's a clip lead, and you can adjust the clip lead as you need to to clip onto your downspout or your gutter, you know, proper up on the fascia of the roof. Day one. I'm trying to get Josh to put up the gutters. So Leia loves gonna, this idea. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to buy it. <laughs> she, she wants me to install gutters so badly, and I have dodged every attempt to do it. But if I can turn it into yet another antenna, yes. then I think she has found the way to, to make that happen. So how would one get involved in this giveaway? Well, you got to listen to this podcast. Somewhere in this podcast is going to be a hidden secret word. And you use that word in conjunction with a link in the show notes to a Google form to sign up. And in how many weeks, Leah? Uh, the the giveaway opens today. 
Right. As you are, as you as are listening, you listening to this, it's open. It's already open. It's already been open. Yes. You're, oh my gosh. It's, You're it's, already behind. It, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> uh, Don't fast and, forward. Enjoy the podcast. Ends July 12th. So there you go. We'll pick a winner on the podcast July 12th. You need to fill out the form. And again, link will be in the show notes. This is an amazing package, though. Go ahead. Mention it. it. Did, did you? Well, you go ahead. Do I, Miko. You read it. <laughs> what, what, what are you talking Are you talking about the HOA antenna? Like yeah. what comes in the antenna? Well, what comes in the whole package? Because the package actually includes four different things. Yes. It's the 10 to 80 meter HOA Buster antenna, uh, 60, what is it, 60 feet mm-hmm. um, of a, a 10 to 80 meter HOA MCOM element. Which means you can run it as either clipping to the gutter or you can run the wire as a standalone Oh, that's fantastic. Unit. Yeah. Uh, 18 feet of Alpha RG58U and an MCOM equipment bag. There you go. Pretty good deal. So make sure you're uh, paying attention here as we continue. But... Again, thank you to Alpha Antennas, and thank you all for listening to the Hammer Duke Crash Course podcast. We appreciate it. And if you don't want to wait till the giveaway ends, yeah. you can just buy it now. Buy it meow. <laughs> or just go look at all the other antennas they have, because they literally yeah. have an antenna for you, whether it's base or portable, loop, vertical, end-fed, or beam now, or dipole. They got it. So go check out the website. Yeah, link is in the show notes. Yeah, there are links in the show notes. That's right. But we like to kick off the show. That's called the cold open. But the proper show, let's go. Starts with a ham radio minute. And it's never a minute. So I've been talking about field day. I'll continue talking about field day until next weekend, right? Because then it'll then be over. Then you'll be talking about field day. I'll be talking about what happened yes. uh, at field day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The it's post. all prepping for field day. Mm-hmm. Talking about preparing. Yes. At, then doing the field day. Mm-hmm. And then talking about lessons learned from the field day. I'm still so jealous. I'm not bitter. I, I am not. I, when I am when so... Austin, when we were at the camp out and Austin said, do you want to go to San Clemente Island? And I was like, you wanna go to San are we talking about the same island? And he's like, yes. And then I literally yelled to you so excited. from a, from across the campsite because of our trip driving home from San Diego. I went on a deep dive we, about San Clemente. We saw San Clemente Island off the coast. Are and we're like, that's not you talking about this. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's not that's not Catalina. Right. What, what is, is that? that body? And then you land? looked it up, and I was expecting one of the Channel Islands. It is. No, no, no. But I mean, like, just a, a an island that you're not really supposed to go to because it's a natural natural preserve. All that a natural preserve, <laughs> even. And that, like, y- you could you could get a permit to maybe camp there, and then you got to get the heck off the island. But oh no, we spent the next forty five minutes with Leia in the passenger seat googling. All kinds of amazing there information. There are species that only live on that island. That island. Yes. And the Navy, even though they bombard it with dummy rounds, is working <laughs> to protect it. And those natural, the natural species, if yes. you will, uh, is now thriving. Yes. Right? So it, it's a really cool it's story. also where the Navy SEALs do their last weekend. I don't... So... I'm not sure if it's the last weekend because Austin or referred the first weekend. Austin <laughs> referred to them as young seals and like so buds training, which is their underwater um, explosives training that they do. So the island is surrounded by seaweed forests. Yes, and they make these newly minted seals mm-hmm. 
Oh, it's not their last ever. It's like the beginning of their Navy SEAL career. It's the training. Yeah. The end of the training. I don't think it is the end, though. I, I could be wrong. They make them go out in the middle of the night, pitch dark, <sighs> and swim through the water with these seaweed forests everywhere. You don't know what's touching it, you. Well, you know. I mean, you feel something. The little kelpy arms, like, all right. around you. But Ooh. you don't know that it's kelp. Oh, yeah. You got to. That's. That, I bet, weeds. That's weed, resolved. That so. weeds out a couple of candidates i bet <laughs> but so we've been talking about field day and going and finding a club and using the arrl calculator all that stuff and i know there's just a lot of lone wolves out there that are like you know what the club scene's not exactly for me and guess what ham radio it takes all kinds and you can do field day on your own in fact you can go back many years of my live stream to a field day that i just did outside i ran as a portable station i was 100 percent solar powered I had a modest station. I was running my 7300 and I think one VHF UHF radio with a four foot or five foot VHF UHF antenna. And we made a go at it. We had a great time on the live stream. I think I, I streamed for like eight hours just having fun uh, doing field day. So we're going to talk about this later in the episode for the main show topic of how one goes about doing field day on their own. Because particularly if it's your first time, there's all kinds of like, I think, really educational value added things you can do if you're doing the field day by yourself if you're doing it with a club then you're kind of like distributing all these tasks across everybody and you don't get necessarily a full picture of what it takes to do a station it doesn't take a lot but it takes some things that you got to think about so we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show great more field day Leia, would you like to take a test <sighs> running out babe I don't know if I'm going to make it, guys. Oh, she's resigning herself. I never uh, never could have thought. <laughs> I've been so busy. Never would I see the day. And do, do you realize how little time there is left? There's I think th it's five days. days. Five days. Yeah. All right. I'm on question. And I'm going to be gone 35. for four. You... You caused me to fail this test. I'm the reason. That's right. No one saw this coming. No one saw this deadline. There was no one that listens to this podcast that weekly would send a message, a, a communique of any form to give you warning that this date was coming up. No one told you. This snuck up on everybody. Well, in my defense, it, uh, in the your HRCC... Defense. In your defense. BEs. Yeah. They never, made, they never said They anything. made their cutoff the 27th instead of the oh. 30th. That's oh, so, so it's three their days. Fault. So it's their fault. <laughs> so it's my fault. I could not have possibly taken the test earlier it, it, than the expiration. Don't you understand? The pool. <laughs> All right. We're just going to do this. Okay. Mm -hmm. What is one reason... Oh, I'm on question 30 of 35. Oh, here we go. What is one reason to use the attenuator function that is present on many HF transceivers? Very important. A, to reduce the transmitter power when driving a linear amplifier. B, to slow down received CW signals for better copy. <laughs> C, to reduce power consumption when operating from batteries. Or D, to reduce signal overload due to strong incoming signals. Mm. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. You didn't? I've narrowed you it didn't down go... to two. Oh, you haven't picked? Yeah. 
Okay. I've narrowed it down to two. Okay. The yeah. laughing usually implies you picked wrong. Well, right now it's nervous laughter. Okay. Well, so what happens when you attenuate something? You focus it. You tune it. I'm disappointed. D, to reduce Good. signal overload due to the strong incoming signals. You're reducing the... So if you've got a station that's like 20 over S9 that's yes. flying in, uh -huh. um, depending on the radio, you could get some overload. It's too strong. It's too much power. <laughs> so you put an attenuator in line and it, it helps bring the signals down, which arguably many people will use an attenuator on some of the lower bands just because the noise is kind of high, atmospheric noise, and then... It, it, it just helps the radio sound better and, and it changes some some features or change the functionality depending on the age of your radio and what type of radio it is. Well, look at you explaining things this week. Where were I you love the attenuator. This, I use it all the time. Where were my... you this past month? <laughs> there was like one question that I was just too tired. I'm like, I'm tired. I'm so tired. Last week was really tough. Last week was tough. Yeah, because we were rolling into Father's Day. There was a whole bunch of stuff that I did. Anyway, keep going. Don't don't try and distract. What Come is on. the output pep of the unmodulated carrier if an average reading watt meter connected to the transmitter output indicates one thousand sixty watts? A five thirty watts. B twenty one twenty watts. C fifteen hundred watts. Or D ten sixty watts. The answer is 1060 watts. That's 1060 watts. That seems that I selected it. It's correct. Because mm -hmm. that's just exactly what it is. <laughs> that's just exactly what it is. Ooh, this one is a diagram. <laughs> <laughs> we And everybody loves you explaining circuit diagrams. Well, what is, is today the alligator making a return? Well, the alligator's often there. It's, it's figure G seven one. Oh, everybody yeah. knows. Come on. Yeah. Everybody knows figure G seven one. Which symbol in figure G seven one represents a field effects transistor? <laughs> you know so much about these. <laughs> a symbol four. Symbol four is a triangle mm -hmm. balancing a <laughs> it's it's balancing one of those uh chargers. With a slightly round, like, postable, you know, like a postable is usually, like, low, uh, low sloped, mm -hmm. right? You know what I'm saying? Wide. Yes, wide. With, with as gradually almost, sloping up ridges. It's, like, as wide as mm -hmm. the charger. Mm. Yeah, that's... The charger? Yeah, the there's a triangle mm -hmm. with a, a plate charger, you know, like a, a decorative charger. Oh, a flat line. Yes. <laughs> and then there's a curved line above yes. it. Yes. Are you explaining this as though it's a place setting right now? A decorative charger as it's in balancing like, uh, on the tip of a triangle. <laughs> a black triangle. You know, men, uh, <laughs> I think the way sometimes I think the way that I explain ham radio is more often male centric without my <laughs> intending it to be. I try to approach it as like just open, let's talk about the technology. But the way you're explaining this right now <laughs> does not resonate with me. It took okay. me a second to get here. Symbol two is a circle. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It goes to a a vertical line. Uh -huh. it, it's, it, inside it is a vertical line. Yeah. On the left side is 
a line connecting it to other things. Okay. But it meets the vertical line in the middle. Mm-hmm. Then from the vertical line, there's two splits. Mm-hmm. One has a little arrow pointing diagonally downward. <laughs> and diagonally upward is a line that connects to the alligator. Oh, the alligator's back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But the alligator's not a part of symbol two. He's just hanging out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Symbol one is an arrow going to a thick mm. vertical line. Okay. <laughs> with two lines coming out of it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Symbol five is a pitchfork <laughs> going up to a triangle. Uh-huh. And the triangle actually looks like it is the dress of a stick person. <laughs> okay. Okay. The stick person doesn't have a head, but it has a neck mm-hmm. and two dancing arms, one going oh. up and one going down. Interesting. <laughs> okay. And what even are we looking for at this point? A field effect transistor. Okay. Do any of those words from all the symbols you've seen in the past? Ah, no. No. It's got three legs. What does it have to be? No, that wasn't the answer. What? The answer was symbol one. The show me. arrow going into the vertical show me, show me, thick show me. line. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, there's three connectors there, and there's a circle. That's what I said. An arrow going into a thick I distinctly remember line. a circle being related to the, the charger. No. There's plates on the... <laughs> there's a... But they're round. I'm joking. What? <laughs> All right, I got yes. that one wrong. Yes, so the, the, there are three legs on that symbol, symbol one. All right. <laughs> what is the maximum symbol rate permitted for RIDI or data emission transmissions on the two-meter band? Mm. A, 300 baud, B, 1,200 baud, C, 19.6 kilobaud, D, 56 kilobaud. You got it wrong. Yeah, I got it's it. It's 1,200 baud. Nope. What? It's a 19.6 kilobaud. Oh. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh. You know what? I don't think that you could pass the general test. I, I, I did think, I pass the general test. I too. think that you should take the test what am when I, I take the test, and we'll see oh, how I'm this thinking, all shakes mind, out. 19.6, though. What is the purpose hmm. of a capacitance hat <laughs> on, <laughs> on a mobile Why is antenna? that funny? A little hat. A little hat. <laughs> a little jaunty. <laughs> a jaunty mobile antenna. <laughs> This one's going to the polo mat. (laughs) A, to allow automatic band changing. B, to increase the power handling capacity of a whip antenna. C, to electrically lengthen a physically short antenna. Or D, to allow remote tuning. It's to electrically lengthen a physically short antenna. Well, you see, the hat makes me appear a little bit taller. A pa- that's a good way to remember it, see? It makes me look a little taller than I am. All right. Last question. Yeah. Which of the following criteria must be met for a non-U.S. citizen to be an accredited volunteer examiner? A, the person must hold an FCC-granted amateur radio license of general class or above. B, none of these choices are correct. 
a non-U.S. citizen cannot be a VE examiner. C, the person must be a resident of the U.S. for a minimum of five years. D, the person's home citizenship must be in the ITU Region 2. The answer is A, a person must hold a an FCC-granted amateur radio license of general class or above. Oh, buddy. <sighs> you know, it's uh, Steve's listening right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if he's... This, uh... this course crashed. <laughs> I don't give you any tips while you're doing this on purpose. Yeah. Thanks so. for that. Please enjoy the show. Uh, I failed. Yeah. I'm off by six. <gasps> That's like your one of your best, though. Yeah, that is one of my better tests. I'm getting real close. You've got five days, right? I just need to learn six more questions. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's that's exactly how the math works out on that. <laughs> well, if you would like to study along too with Leia to get your any level of testing, we recommend hamstudy.org. Hamstudy.org is already ready for the general test pool to switch, which is happening in how many days, Leah? The I know. Every time I go month? to Hamstudy, it's like taunting me. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. It's a free account if you're on your web-based mobile device. And then they have an app where they do charge, but it's a fantastic app. But the value of using Hamstudy is you take your tests, and the more you take, the more accurate it is in basically you showing how bad you, you are. how bad you are yeah. and where you are bad and yeah. helping you get better at the places you are bad. That's how it works. That's the whole system. But if you prefer the book reading, we, of course, love the Gordon West books that he produces with W5YI. So you can check those out. The link is in the show notes as well. And if you prefer audiobooks, I really like the fast track to your ham radio license books. And Every one of these options can help you get your technician, general, or extra exams. So good luck, everybody. If you're hunting to get your license before the end of the week, upgrading to general, I would love it if you send us an email at leah at hamtactical.com and tell us about it. And then we can click that bell for you. So we appreciate it. All right. So join the conversation by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts for the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast and or emailing us at leah at hamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious, and we appreciate it. Now, I was really do. ridiculously tired last week, and I think I already read this, but I'm going to read it again. Matt Cass says, the best. A very informative and funny duo. Love Thank the show. You. From Matt, KC2NUD. You know it's the call sign, I remember. I wasn't sure yes, if I read that. You but did. the nude uh, comment there that you, you made, I remember that totally. But hey, if you'd like to help out the Hammer New Crash Course podcast, take a look at us on Apple Podcasts. And if you are so inclined, leave us a review. We appreciate it. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Into the unknown I will go, for I shall fear no man of peace, one foot after the other, for I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. All right. So intense. It, it, it raises the intensity and then just brings you right back down with allergic to bees every time. This week's Preparedness mm -hmm. Corner is a story from two years ago. But okay. Peak COVID. 
Was it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, this person had their prep stolen out of their car. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, maybe not putting your preps in your car. Well, but we recommend a go bag. Yeah, right? but we don't want like it visible well, in this your vehicle. Is, uh, well, this is what we're going to talk about. Okay, First, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell the story. Okay. Over Halloween, my car was parked in a not so great part of town mm-hmm. while I was at a party. Mm-hmm. At some point, someone managed to unlock it and take about $1,500 worth of stuff. Oh, no. I don't keep too much in my car for this reason, but some of what they took. Car jumper, flashlight, sledgehammer, trauma and first aid kit, umbrella, weight belt, old watch, all my park passes. Other, Could you imagine stealing a park pass? It's like, I really, I have to go to these national parks now. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, other small stuff. They left the cheaper preps like food, water, blankets, etc. Those are all things I don't want to take in and out of my car every day, depending on what I'm doing. How do you all manage this risk? I just love this, like, dude opens the door and is like, whoa. This guy gave me a do crime bag. <laughs> this is everything I need to do crime. That is that fifteen hundred dollars worth of stuff. No, I mean there's got to be other stuff. I he guess didn't the mention. watch. Maybe the watch was like <laughs> <laughs> most of the stuff. Harbor Freight, one hundred fifty bucks. Watch. watch all the rest of it. <laughs> the watch was one thousand four hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> Why? Okay. Okay, so I have often thought about this. 13, 15. Because I drive mm-hmm. an SUV. You do. That has like no hidden storage. It absolutely there, right? does, but we took it out because you pile up the back. Mm. But it's got that pull cover thing. Don't tell anybody. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anyways. And it's not, by the way, anybody, it's not valuable stuff that you leave in the back. It's like paper goods. That you're delivering places. Right. It's like or, paper. Right. Yes. Reams of paper. Yes. It took all my paper. <laughs> it's that guy from Waterworld. I just, just need to be able to, wherever I go, make a flip book. You know? <laughs> right, right. It, it's actually, to be fair, it's that only is my preps. <laughs> it's only dot matrix paper. And she's just carrying it so that she can take off the perforated edges. Uh-huh. Gets rid no, of the entire make, sheet of paper. I make birthday banners. <laughs> yeah, the birthday banners. But then you take the, the the perforated things and you make little caterpillars with it. Yes. That's what you do to relieve stress. I do really love dot matrix printer mm-hmm. caterpillars. Mm-hmm. So, But there are obviously preps mm-hmm. that you don't want to take. In and out. We often recommend a car go bag that lives yes, in your car. We do. How do you prevent it from being a target for crime? It's it's really difficult because at the end of the day, your car... Googly eyes. The, <laughs> right, right. Put it in a Dorothy Explorer bag. The, the reality is, is that like cars are not hardened things right if you give someone enough time they can break into your car right right and there's plenty of bypass capabilities in vehicles people that are professional criminals know how to do right aside from just the smash and grabs which is what a lot of people are seeing these days right so obviously the most important thing is get everything out of eyesight like you shouldn't be able to see anything in the vehicle right bags things that hold things of value, a Nintendo Switch, you know, shaped case that you leave 
in the car seat that your son may have done in the past kind of thing. Yeah. Um, duffel bags, backpacks, laptop bags, anything that looks like it's holding something, right? Generally, cleaner cars come across as, and I don't mean clean like spotless. I mean, like, there's just not a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because if it's dark and it's late and you look through a window and you got a bunch of trash piled up, and I don't even a bunch, like a cup, like a, you know, McDonald's cup and a, a poly bag, an Amazon purchase that you forgot to take out. And it's oh, an I would empty think box. the reverse, because if your car is like really messy, mm-hmm. then they have a very hard time seeing if there's anything in it. You but didn't let me finish. if your car is really clean, no, you didn't let but me then you have left something, now it's like a beacon. No, no, no. You didn't let me finish. <laughs> On, in the cover of night, when they're peering through your window and it's dark out and they don't have a lot of light and maybe they turn a flashlight on and sometimes flashlights do weird things through glass it might look like something larger than or a bag mm-hmm. or whatever this pile of trash and again an amazon box Ha-ha, that sucker. could be empty that wasn't a cell phone that was a ding dong <laughs> right right but you're the one with the broken window now right but think about that like an amazon box people sometimes just like oh open my amazon box take that bag throw it in the passenger seat i got my thing and i walk it out of the car well, they don't know that the bag's empty. Well, that's why right? you leave that hangy tab on. So well, that's how I know the bag's empty. Yeah. <laughs> when I follow you around the house to collect the Amazon, <laughs> the leavings. If you see the hangy tab off of it, it's open. It's open. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's not, it still could be in there from their point of view. They don't know, right? Well. And why not smash and find out? Well, they're so, going to be really depressed because the last thing I bought from Amazon mm-hmm. was some polyfill. <laughs> right, right. So what do you do? You you put your bag in the trunk, right? And there are people who actually can make a, a, a secondary lock for your trunk. So if somebody breaks a window in your car and they gain access to the main cab, they can pull the trunk release. Right. And now they have access to your trunk. Ugh. So you can actually get secondary locks for your trunk that will basically prevent the trunk to be opened when somebody pulls the trunk latch. Yes. Right? If you have a truck, I know that those mechanics, boxes, uh, there's lots of people that can bypass that. They're not really that secure, but there are ways to secure them better, changing the locks out, adding security pins, that kind of stuff. But yeah, those are all things that you can do. Among my favorite thing, buy a ford lightning because then <laughs> you the got frunk? you got the frunk they don't even know no one a expects a frunk yeah no one expects a frunk in, a, in an f-150 <laughs> so just just throw them completely off the trail the number of people who are like what what are you doing <laughs> why are you putting an ice chest and two backpacks in your engine compartment that doesn't seem good for your engine at all I didn't even know Ford made an electric truck. <laughs> Here it is. Rock you like a lightning. <laughs> That's it. So here are some suggestions from dear friends at uh, the Preppers subreddit. Our favorite people at the Preppers subreddit. Yeah. I take things in and out of the car every day. No way around it. <laughs> there it is. That's probably the right answer. Unrealistic. It's a, you know what? I challenge you, dear podcast listener, if you are somebody who takes everything, and you must email me. 
so that I can tell you that it is lies. I, I that do. there is not a decent number of days in which you have not brought things in. I oh, I know people don't bring things in, and obviously enough, that's when people crime strikes. Now, I will I will highly encourage people that have a firearm in their vehicle, like do bring it in, right? Because like those lock boxes that have the like the braided cable, they can just cut that cable. There's nobody stopping anybody that that sees that and sees the oh, you got me. I can't cut through this tiny cable with these huge bolt cutters that I brought with me, right? So, yeah, bring your firearms in. Funny enough that you say that, someone suggested keeping all of that stuff in ammo crates. <laughs> and was ammo much cheaper two years ago? Because I feel like if you had ammo crates, they'd be like, ammo is so expensive <laughs> yeah. right now. If that's actually full of ammo, <laughs> I hit a gold mine. Uh, obviously, the vehicle compartments under the mats that hold that hide everything, so that the vehicle compartments under the that's mats. what you're talking about. There's like stuff. There's a storage compartment underneath the rear mat in a lot of um, SUVs and vehicles like that. Oh, okay, yeah. sure. Uh, <laughs> the recommendation from this user is get a crappy car. <laughs> <laughs> they are less likely to be targets because people don't think there's anything valuable in interesting in cars. Interesting. I can see that the 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 logic there. The next bet is a mom car, like I don't know, a Honda Odyssey. <laughs> you know. Okay, but I mean, like again, if there's a bag, there's a bag. Like if people see a bag, they're gonna they're gonna break a window. See, if you look into. A Honda Odyssey, mm -hmm. Toyota Sienna, any number of mom mobiles, mm -hmm. and you see a bag. Odds are, what's in that bag is trash, toys, <laughs> diapers, depending on age. Sure, smashed Books. up snacks. But yeah, yeah, just there's there's very little value in that car because the children probably either destroyed it mm -hmm. or you spent all the money you would have spent on valuable things. On the children. <laughs> like, it's true. It's true. So I think that's solid advice. Uh, all right. Choose your choose your bug out car wisely. Your bug, yeah. Minivan's not a bad bug out car. It's a great bug all out car. All wheel drive, Honda you Odyssey. You bug out every day in a minivan. <laughs> Put you a gotta lot of take dudes. the whole take the whole like house with you. Side doors that open up. You got dudes posted just just <laughs> right out the side. Hey, with it, water guns? It, yeah, that's it. That's exactly what they got. Hey, if it worked for the Huey, it can work for the minivan. Right? Uh, put everything in battered-looking containers. Just don't leave containers in view. Just don't. But if you do, make sure it's, you know, something really battered. It's just... <laughs> like a Homer bucket. <laughs> yeah, like, what are you storing in a Homer? That's a good idea. Who's going to think there's anything valuable? They think it's empty. Yeah. They think you're just somebody hauling around Homer buckets. That was, that was our sheriff slash emergency coordinator's favorite line when he came to all the uh, the neighborhood watch meetings. He's like, you want to know what the most secure container is? It's a Homer bucket that you hide in your garage. That's true. Nobody's going through your garage 
And the last thing they're going to look through is a Homer bucket. That's true. And in your car. I will drop a link to this uh, interesting subreddit about, uh, about how to prevent your preps from being stolen mm-hmm. as a nice segue for Josh to talk about how stealthy the HOA buster is. Well, this is the time you've been waiting for. The secret word for the podcast is natural. Natural. (laughs) It's natural. Natural is the secret word. But I did want to run through a couple of the eHam reviews for the antenna that we're going to be giving away here in July. If you go to eHam, which is kind of a really great resource if you want to find out what other hams are saying, as of right now, the HOA buster... Other hams are saying about equipment, about yeah, ham radio, ham not just like other hams are randomly saying things. Reviewing other hams <laughs> is what we do on eHam. Sometimes we review radios, but mainly we just review other hams, you know, out of five stars. Uh, no, like they go down to like coax reviews, equipment, accessories, gadgets, not just the radios themselves, like antennas. So the HOA Buster right now has a 4.9 star that's, out of 5. That's a really high rating. So KD4YLQ says, for those who need a real stealth antenna, this is it. I recently successfully installed the Alpha HOA Buster to my home aluminum gutter downspout. So that's interesting, right? Not just galvanized, but it works with aluminum too. Made sure the downspout sections were all well bonded to the gutter. Very good point. 75 foot long gutter with lots of bends in the downspout and added a few radials, which weren't really needed. Also, I replaced the very bottom downspout sections with plastic ones. Interesting. So he isolated the down, ah, so it didn't touch the ground. Hey, that makes sense. The SWR was less than three to one max, less than two on most bands, and near one to one on 30. The received performance is just outstanding, as well as transmit. Bot brought up RF power in steps to make sure nothing was amiss. It wasn't. My buddy brought over two network an- analyzers, which were in close agreement throughout to measurements, all the parameters uh on all bands. My buddy who uses a compromise wire stealth antenna himself was very, very impressed with the performance. This is an outstanding product in my opinion, and it is virtually invisible, which is the point, to anyone who might otherwise gripe about my antenna's visual aesthetics. The number of people who want to know what Mm -hmm. to do in their HOA. Yeah, this is a great option. Um, We've been talking about gutter antennas for quite a while, and they work. Uh, Ethan, one of our admins, had a gutter antenna for a really long time. Actually, I think uh, multiple of our admins have had gutter antennas. Because in some cases, this is what you you got. Putting an an antenna in the attic is is not always great. There, There are options, but if you've got a radiant barrier in there with better insulation like a lot of people have... Then there's just uh, there's not a lot you can do. I like this one though from N3HKN says works well despite heavy noise floor from neighbor. I live in attached condos, so they have a common wall. The vertical rain gutter is 26 feet tall, ground terminated into a plastic pipe. Right, so I'm noticing a trend. Don't let the metal touch the ground. That's probably the the best thing we do. Insulate the metal. 
standard install with hot lead laying on top of some ivy. Noise is the problem. It's S9 versus S2 or less for an attic dipole for 20 and 40 meters. Rig is a 7300, but signals are mostly stronger than the attic dipole using the RF gain helps a lot. Last night I was playing around at about 2 a.m. and the noise totally disappeared. The next day it returned. I can only guess a neighbor turned on their LED lights. They got that touch lamp. That's what it is. Bottom line, despite the noise floor, the signals are about 40% stronger than the attic dipole and in many cases are very readable. Noise reduction and reduced RF gain also helps, so it's a keeper for me. 30-minute listen to 2 a.m. had DX and the West Coast on a few bands with S2 noise floor. So, yeah. Nice. Good. All right. So the show topic. All right. Today so today's is discussion for today is go on to the show. Topic of the, show topic the, the topic of today's show is. Gentlemen, let's get down to business. All right. I hinted at the show topic when we did the ham radio minute in the beginning. Doing ham radio on your own or doing field day on your own, right? Obviously, if you can go out to a club, but some of you might have done that last year, and now you're thinking about doing it on your own. You can totally do this. I like to go about this in a, in a couple of ways, right? And so these are the order that I would recommend. Set a goal, right? One or two bands with good antennas, right? So pick 20 meters daytime band and say 40 meters nighttime band. While you can definitely do this with like an NFED half wave and get both bands or, you know, multi-band antenna, if that's what you have, then then use it, you know, go ahead, go nuts. I'm going to talk a little bit about stations in a second, but kind of set the bands that you think are going to be the ones for you for the antennas that you have access to. That's my first thing. Then what type of station do you want to be? So this is where we need to pull up the rules a little bit on the ARRL field day. So if you go to contests, that's S at the end of contests, like that, plural, .org, and you go to contest rules under the field day contest. That's going to be the left-hand side for field day and then contest rules. There's a really great PDF that walks through what we're going to talk about here. But basically, these are the station classifications that you can run. So class A is a club, right? So a club call that everybody's working together, and that's where you get things like get-on-the-air stations, multiple operators at one time. Those are class A operating stations. You can have class A with battery power, right? So that would be class A battery. Class B is one- or two-person portable, very important. Class B battery, one- or two-person portable, but they're running off of a battery source. Class C is a mobile station, which means it's a vehicle, right? It's a vehicle that can roam around. Class D is a home station. So Class D and home stations, they operate in two different forms, which we're going to talk about. But home stations are basically people just operating from their ham radios at home. They're just participating in field day from their Class D stations. The points work a bit differently, but um, that's primarily the, the important distinction. Now, you can also do a Class D, but you're using emergency power, and that's Class E. So instead of Class D, you would be Class E for a home station. Oh, Class with E. Very classy uh, for working field day stations. Class F is emergency operations center, right? And that's the last class. So for a lot of people that run portable 
or want to go out in the field and do field day, class B is likely what you're going to show up as one or two person portable. Class B, if you can do it on batteries and do like solar panels, that's pretty class E if you think about it from my point of view. <laughs> now, off-grid options are kind of something that you should consider when you're thinking about field day because kind of what what is field day? What's the point of field day? Well, field day is kind of like a mock emergency preparation, right? That's ultimately what it comes down to. And that, that's the way the AWR looks at it. That's the way a lot of clubs look at it. That's the way I certainly look at it. And it's also the same feelings I have for winter field day, right? These are all practical ways to practice getting out in the field and running an off-grid ham radio station. That's the whole point of that. So there are all kinds of things that goes into that that we'll talk about as far as off-grid power. Most of the time, from what I've seen, is if you're running as a club, many times they'll be running with generators. In San Clemente Island, we're going to be running a club club call, so it'll be Class A, Class A with battery, because we will be only doing battery and solar. We're not going to run a generator or anything like that. So extra points for that that we'll talk about in a little bit. So once you have an idea of what antennas you want to do, the radio, possibly your power source, again, if you can swing it, battery and solar is like a really nice way to go. It solves a lot of problems. And if you kind of match your power consumption with the ability for your solar to recharge your battery, you're generally going to be pretty good off. The thing that a lot of people get caught up, though, particularly in their first time, is like the scoring and the bonus points. And there's all this stuff that you can do in addition to just making contacts. If it's your first time doing field day kind of on your own, then I argue like just get on the air, um, start making contacts with people, listen for a little while to understand what the exchange is if you're new to it, but you'll pick it up really fast. They use the ARRL sections. So if I'm in LA County, I would be LAX. Some areas, you know, it's just the state, for instance, depending on how big the state is. So you'll see this when you look at the rules uh, if you go to contest.arrl.org. But some of this can just be simplified immensely, particularly if you're kind of doing this on your first, you know, go. I would recommend go buying yourself a field day logger. When I was starting out, I used N3FJP, November 3, Foxtrot, Julia Papa. And that would be the one that I would go with. And if I can make a recommend of oh, Julia, not Julie, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who this Julie is. I don't, I don't want to listen to this anymore. If I can make a recommendation, N3FGP actually has a deal where if you pay like 50 or $60, you get access to all of their um, logging softwares. Wow. So not just field day, but every one they make. So if you're ever thinking about doing an additional contest in the future, the cool thing about that is if you pay that fee up front, then you can just go download the software and they'll send you an email with all of your license keys and you just load it in the software and you're done. It's very straightforward. There's literally been days where I wake up and it's a huge contest that I forgot about and it's about to start. I've got like 15 minutes to get my station up and running. And I just download the software. I load my key and I'm up in the air and I'm, I'm logging and all that fun stuff. The, the value of using a logger is that it takes a lot of the guesswork out insofar as it will actually kind of prompt you and what the exchange is, what your numbers are to say, what your ARRL section is when you provide that information on startup. At least I know N3FJP does that. So there's my point, uh, kind of recommendation on that. 
Now, for actually operating field day, the really important thing to remember is a single sideband contact is one point. A voice contact basically is one point. If you do CW or Morse code, that's two points. If you do FT8 or digital modes, that's two points as well. So you're actually up there with the CW guys if you're a digital ham radio operator. So FT8, FT4 have been really, really big the last three years or so for field day. I think there's going to be a lot of action out there as well. Now, regarding bonus points, I'm not going to do a deep dive on these because I highly recommend that you go out there and read up all the important stuff that you can do. Um, before we get into that, though, I will mention that there's kind of like uh, the power multipliers are kind of important here. So the power multiplier. Yeah. So how much power output you're using. If you're a QRP station, for instance, mm -hmm. you get a multiplier to your score. What is the multiplier? Well, well I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about that right now. So power multipliers, the power multiplier that applies is determined by the highest power output of any of the transmitters used during field day operation. So if you're in a club and some guy's out there running 500 watts, but everybody else is running 100 watts, your entire score gets bumped up. So set your power output. A lot of people are generally using 100 watts. New for 2023, power output for class A, B, and C cannot exceed 500 watts peak envelope power transmitter output. Power output for class D, E, and F cannot exceed 100 watts peak envelope power. So there you go. Now, here is the multiplier. Check this out. If all contacts are made using a power of 5 watts and less, if a power source other than commercial mains, right? So huh. right, off-grid power. Okay. Or motor-driven generators use battery, solar power, water-driven generator. <gasps> the power multiplier is 5. What? So, understand what we just said there. If you're using batteries and solar cells, and you run a QRP station, every contact you make on FT8 goes from being ten or two points to 10. Wow. That's the power multiplier. If all contacts are made using a power of five watts or less, but the power source is from commercial mains power or a motor-driven generator, the multiplier is two. So it's like you're doing every contact you make with an off-grid type power solution is going to be at least double. Wow. Or, you know, two times. So, yeah. If batteries are charged during field day period using commercial mains or motor-driven generator, the power output or power multipliers too. If any or all contacts are made using an output power of 100 watts or less, the power multiplier is two. If any or all contacts are made using a power output of greater than 100 watts, the power multiplier is one. So it's straight numbers at that point. So power output multipliers are important, but there is very um, interesting bonus points that go into field day. So making contacts is the priority, but there is a whole um, bunch of points that you can add to your score just by doing some of this stuff. So if you are 100% emergency power, 100 points for transmitter classification if all contacts are made using emergency power up to 20 transmitters wow it's all emergency power every station every radio gets 100 watts or 100 extra points if you if you do media publicity 100 points may be earned for obtaining publicity from the local media 
a copy of the actual media publicity received, either a newspaper article, must be submitted to, com to claim points. So if you reach out to a local what? newspaper and tell them, hey, we're going to set up the park, mm -hmm. and they come out to the park. What if they... you just make YouTube videos about it? Well, th that was, yeah, that was my joke. I'm like, I just sent you a link to the YouTube video that I made. <laughs> Does that count? I get the points. If you're at a public location, 100 points. Oh. Just being in a public location. If you have a public information table, right? So people walk up and you've got a little pamphlet of like, what the heck is this person doing and why I shouldn't call the police? What if you're wearing the shirt that explains it? Oh, well, you still have to set up a table though, I think. 100 points. But you are the table. You wear the shirt and you lay on the table. Yeah. Right? yeah. How long do you have to lay on the table for, for it to count? You have to operate from there because they got to see it, right? If the public... But what is the minimum amount of time the table must be erected? It depends on how long the public is around, I guess. There's no rules about duration? I'm going to go ahead and say that it's the entirety of... You just set the table up <laughs> and you put pamphlets on it, Leia. I don't think they thought of someone wearing a t-shirt explaining what they were doing and then laying <laughs> on the table, per se. That's their bad. So if you have a message <laughs> origination to the section manager, so your ARRL section that you're running from, if you have a message out to them, that's 100 points, right? And, and I'll read this one just so that I'm very clear. 100 bonus points for origination of a formal message to the ARRL section manager or section emergency coordinator by your group from its site. You should include the club name, number of participants, field day location, and the number of Aries operators involved. I believe Amanda qualifies for that. So send her a message. Um, message handling. So, you know, we talked about the um, ARRL being able to relay messages, and we've received those in the past where right. somebody's They're contacted virtual us. virtual mailbox. So if you do no. message handling during this period of time, it's 10 points for each formal message originated, relayed, or received, and delivered during the field day period up to 100 points or 10 messages. Oh, my God. That's what I would do all the time then. You'll love this. If you make one satellite QSO, 100 points. Wow. Just one. It goes on and on. It can, there's an education act. If you do an educational activity, 100 points. If you have a safety officer, 100 points. If you have a get on the air station, 100 points. So many, many points are available. I encourage you to go read. Oh, there's a social media. 100 points for promoting your field day activation to the general public via an active, recognized, and utilized social media platform. I've, I've taken those points before. You've taken them? I've claimed them, yes. Where'd you take them? I claimed him in my score oh, because I did a live stream or I did a video about field day. <laughs> so. And then you just have to send them a link to whatever the media is? Yeah, or... yeah, 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 which has got to be funny. Like somebody actually go to my video to verify that I made the video about doing field day. That seems Thanks funny to me. Thanks for the view. Thank you for the 100 points. <laughs> anyway, you can totally do this on your own. Operating field day from home or on your own is totally doable. You can make it as hardcore or as soft core as you want it to be so hey there you go check out that field day what's happening get in the field the staircases change remember let's go this way before the staircase moves again alea when the uh scarecrow got his last uh review what was the what was the rating?
Outstanding in his field. That's right. <laughs> Welcome to the email correspondence tower. On your left, three majestic buildings stand in front of you, but on your left is the physical mail depot. More QSL cards, tons of QSL cards, but no parcels to talk about. So appreciate you guys. Thank you, everybody, for sending me contacts. I'll, I'll probably pull out a couple of QSOs in the next episode, but um, I've got a couple of pretty good ones, given that this is an audio medium. Maybe it's I'll save it for a really live stream. Great. Maybe I'll save it for a live stream. It's it's the best for that. On the right hand side, though, next to the looming tower is the voicemail annex. And Leia, if somebody wanted to send us a voicemail, basically reading their voicemail to us via the technology of their phone, how would they do that? They can call 562-334-2389. And here we go. Hello, Josh and Leah. This is Alabama Andrew here. Uh, hey. Currently listening to the uh, most recent podcast, and I had to stop and make a call. Y'all talking about all this kind of about the uh, the Tony hot dog and all oh. that being from Michigan, and it got me thinking that have y'all ever seen the show on the His History Channel called uh, "The Food That Built America"? Yes. I, have I think y'all would really enjoy that show if y'all haven't seen it, and y'all need to look it up. It's, it's really, like, informative, and it's a fun little jaunt down how a lot of the food influenced a lot of the stuff that we have now in America. Yep. Also, there's another show called, excuse me, another show called uh, Food Fact or Fiction. If you can find that, it's really fun. Because oh, I do like that. I learned something new on that most recently, that American... American as apple pie is not a true statement. Apple pie isn't even American. But Take that's it back. all from me. Take it have back. a wonderful rest of your podcast day, <laughs> 73. Thank you. Peace out. Thanks, Andrew. Andrew is the second person this week that has recommended uh, the food that built America, or what was it? The food that, what's the name of the show, Leah? The food that built America. Oh, it is. Okay. Uh, I, I They do like weird narration, right? Like it's got. It's a fun, artsy style. Yes. Comedic kind mm -hmm. of thing. So, yeah, I'll have to check it out. All right. Oh, we've got more from Andrew. I'm yep. going to run through it. Okay. Andrew stopped every time he had something he needed to say. Oh, you veered off the I side of the road. You. Thank you for, yeah, yeah, pulling over to send us. I love hearing Andrew's voice, mm -hmm. too. It's much better than me reading uh, the emails. You know, it's just got, it's just a little more personal. Mm-hmm. Oh, this says it's in oh. never loading. Oh, there we go. PC load letter. Hey, Josh and Leah, this is Alabama Andrew again. Hey, um, Andrew. I got into the part in the podcast now that the person called in from Louisiana, and it got me thinking. There's a video on YouTube. I'm going to drop it in the Discord words. today <laughs> when the podcast goes out because i got to find it. There's a video called The American Hunger Games, mm -hmm. and it's done by a guy, comedian in our local area named Matt Smith. Uh, Matt Smith? Y'all need to watch it. It's hilarious. If I can find it, I'll put it in. Hopefully, by the time I make this call or We've watched the it. time the podcast drops around. Is but it Matt Smith it is the perfect, doctor? And it leads into what the person from Louisiana was talking about, and it is hilarious in my opinion. So, 73 for real this time. Y'all have a wonderful rest of your podcast. Bye -bye. Thank you very much. Oh, loving the recommendations, Andrew. Here's more from Andrew. Make sure you check out our Discord. Link in the description so you can go to hashtag podcast, HRCC podcast for that link. Maybe? 
Did you get another PC load letter? It's. Uh oh. Dead podcast air. I don't. Good stuff. Hey, Josh and Leah. It's Alabama Andrew again. A lot. I I just got to the rest of the the podcast and I got to the email portion we're answering. And you know what? A stapler actually does sound like a good idea to add to a first aid kit if you can fit one because get the right type of staples. You can do quick uh, wound closure if it's cut open. So I decided to add a pneumatic staple. I'm kidding, not a pneumatic staple, but one of those really big, like, craft staplers to a first aid kit. Because when you're you're out there in the field, something happens, you might need to close up a wound real quick, and you don't have a suture kit, or like me, you don't know how to sew real well. So, boom, stapler action. Yeah. Getting it done. Saving the lives. This is a real triage option. From Birmingham, from Alabama, Andrew. 73s, have a good day. Bye-bye. Alabama Andrew is a proper first aid medical professional, right? Yeah, he in fact is. Yeah, Yeah. so he's joking about the swing line, but I was not joking. I know people that EDC medical staplers. I'm not kidding. Why would you not? If you can get a medical stapler. No, you can buy them. Yeah. You don't have to have a license to get a medical stapler. Oh, they check your license. No, they don't. <laughs> I mean, I've got suture a kits. license to staple. Yeah, I've got <laughs> suture kits in my in my uh, in my first aid kit. But to be honest with you, uh, a staple gun, a medical sta- look. I'm not telling. Let me be really clear. This is not advice to go do this, particularly without proper medical training. Right? We don't. We're not trying to get sued, but it's often less skill required to operate a medical stapler than to to do a proper suture oh 100 percent. often now yeah well and like every okay, time <laughs> i knew you're gonna jump all over me with that but i'm not done there are some cuts that the medical stapler is not a good option there are some lacerations that you will not be able to solve the problem with just throwing some staples on it like when the wound what if i just put like 12 more staples Will that solve the problem? No. Like right. in a scenario where the person injured is someone you don't like? Well, I don't know. If, <laughs> depending on the skin, where potentially it might be, um, the the type of cut, how many cuts there are, all that kind of stuff. Uh, well, right. So if you're interested in this, the look it up. Cut is we, the deepest. You can take. <laughs> cut me to the quick. <laughs> You can look that up, guys, if you want to. But, yeah, it's totally a thing. People EDC medical staplers. I have two more from Alabama, Andrew. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Dude's barely so made it a mile I heard it trying to go home. I that my boss might be firing an employee due to uh, bad posturing at work. I have a hunch. It might be me. <laughs> <laughs> he snuck in a dad joke in between... <laughs> His voicemails. All right, Andrew's last voicemail. Hey, Josh and Leah, an HRCC <laughs> podcast, Alabama Andrew. Again, uh, I guess a lot. Hey, I guess uh, I didn't. Long time uh, that no wasn't here. The last voicemail, but I had to just get something off my chest. And mainly, I could probably say it in Discord and talk to Podbean about it, but I wanted to like passively aggressively tell them through when you upload it to them, they might hear this. Is that <laughs> they put an ad? over your Korean Metro jingle in your last podcast, and I'm very upset about it. i got to have my Korean Metro jingle at the end of the podcast. How do I know that I'm done with the podcast? How do I know that I'm going on to my next podcast? Who am I kidding? I only listen to one podcast, y'all. But still, (laughs) how do I not know that? I'm Jonesing, man. I'm Jonesing. 
I don't know what's going on. You got any more of them Korean jingles? If it doesn't play the jingle, people will just sit there listening to dead air, waiting. (laughs) How will I know? Thank you, Andrew, for all the funny jokes, the information. All very valuable. Thank you. Is that the last voicemail? That was Andrew's last voicemail. the, The pause there, I was like, what? Okay. Uh... Josh, Leia, uh, this is Drew, KL4. Hey, Drew. Down here in the woods in Alabama, I was digging some trail, and uh, Alabama Andrew's email came up, and, like, I heard Leia cheering Alabama Andrew on for, like, go tower. So um, I just wanted to ask Josh, how's your tower install coming out there? <laughs> uh, I hope it's doing well. And, uh, I'm about to yeah, get gutters. I just had to stop digging for a minute to uh, to. to <laughs> get that question in there uh thanks for the show guys uh expect to hear more from me i've been meaning to send an email or a voicemail or something anyway um signing off for now because i got more trail to dig i'm on the clock i just josh tell me some roads ko4twq i will say again there's nothing i would like more than to put up a tower we just don't have the space that's not a problem alabama andrew has alabama Alabama Andrew has a, a, a decent-sized lot in which he now is building a greenhouse in addition to the she-shed. He can put up a tower, okay? Wait, wait. Who was that, the last one? This was Drew, but he yeah. was referring to Alabama right, right, right. Andrew. Right, I'm like, what is happening? Okay. Because I was saying he should get a tower. Yeah, he should. If there was a possibility mm-hmm. of getting a tower that like could be so obscured... I can't I couldn't see it and like it on because we lived on a plot of land where there were lots of areas that were nowhere near me and would not impede my life a tower absolutely stick a tower behind the shed oh yeah yeah I mean if we had well one if we had the land we probably wouldn't be taught having this discussion I'd just do it and you'd be like yeah that's a thing you did yeah like I, I don't it we really are on a tiny lot like there's just i can't it's kind of sad like if i felt if the tower fell over it would fall into traffic or other people's houses or children oh guaranteed think of the children oh that there was i wasn't thinking about that at all i was thinking about the you know i mean towers are basically heat-seeking missiles for children that's (laughs) (laughs) i don't think there's one instance Unless the child caused it by climbing on it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because children are also... So I think you have your heat-seeking missile analogy reversed. Children are heat-seeking missiles for towers is what you're saying. That's probably true. Okay, fine. Okay. All right. Thank you, Drew. Get back to hoeing some roads. Hoe them roads? Well, I guess he's got to make the roads first so that he can... Well, you got to hoe it. But give it the beans. So... (laughs) Indeed. Well, good morning or evening. I don't know what time you're listening to this. It's both it's, technically uh, when you record. Ronnie, K-E-A-L-J-L. Uh, just sitting here um, hey, listening to the uh, backlog of uh, of your broadcast. Um, broadcast, okay. podcast. Thank you. Our broadcast, you're not transmitting. It's early yet. It's 0723 and I'm sitting in Pittsburgh at the VA hospital. <laughs> waiting for a patient to get done already. Anyway, enough with the rambling, but, you know, field day is this weekend, and uh, 
Yeah, I just want to, uh, you know, tell everyone to have a good field day out there. Uh, and uh, Josh, make sure you have some York peppermint patties with you. It's They're great true. on field day. They're uh, great anytime. Oh, I've got. That's a good Oh, yeah, and we're going to have my 15-year-old son out there. We're going to get him on the radio. Mm, um, nice. 73's uh, Josh and Leia. This is KE8LJL. Bye. Thank, Thank you very you much. so much. Can't wait to hear your field day update. Oh, wait. There's more from Alabama Andrew. Oh, he's back. Swerved his car off. Dude has made it five miles since his last voicemail. This is over multiple days. So I, I swear he, he hasn't gotten that far, though. He had to stop. <laughs> made camp to finish the podcast. He has to wait, you know. Maybe, maybe. Here we go. Hey, Josh and Leah, uh, Alabama Andrew, once again. Hey, Alabama sorry, Andrew. Sorry, I keep saying this last voicemail, but I keep finding out stuff, and I feel like i got to share it. But, hey, uh, Josh, did you know that they released a update? It's in beta, but it's an update for the true SDX that gives it a spectrum scope. <laughs> I just found out about that today. Oh, my gosh, and I just that's awesome. It, and I love it. I'll post a video in the Discord when this drops. Y'all nice. have a wonderful day. 73. Thanks so much. I'm adding that to the uh, the list to make videos on. That's the list of awesome. things. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Hello, this is Drew, KO4TWT. Hey, Drew. You know, sorry about that last voicemail. I just had to get a little jab in there. No. We all know <laughs> the real reason that Josh bought a lightning was so that he'd have something that he could uh, tow that portable antenna trailer with that he was offered a while yes. back. Well, anyway, <laughs> Josh... And uh, your podcast mistress, Leia. I'm surprised that didn't get more traction. I thought that was really funny. Um, <laughs> anyway, I was going to say, guys, I've got an Orange Julius recipe that um, I'll try to send to y'all if I can find it when I get Please. back to the house. Um, because y'all were talking about Orange Julius. And, yeah, I remember that uh, growing up, going to the Orange Julius store in the mall and uh, – delightful concoction and uh, i think i've got a really good recipe for it unmatched um ham radio stuff josh feedback on podcast stuff i really enjoyed the amateur radio project uh topic uh thank you i i i miss sometimes the idea like reading magazines you read about guys building kits when they were kids and stuff or you know even when they weren't kids um like all the the kit stuff and the night kit stuff um, and I was wondering, you know, like I know Heathkit still exists, but it looks like their, you know, big project now is a clock or something. There are no radios, um, <laughs> at least that I'm aware of. Um, what radio kits, Josh, are you aware of? Oh, I'd, I'd love to, you know, so you know, many. You don't have to have that right off the top of your head now, but I, I'm um, ready. You know, if you did something about radio kits that could be built, I think that'd be really cool because I'd kind of like to build a radio kit, um, Buddy, but especially kits that might be easy for you know amateurs to build like first timers in this day and age um you know i can build a guitar pedal mm-hmm. but not everybody has that much soldering experience anyway podcast do's and don'ts um y'all ignore that uh, i ignored it when i had my podcast and everybody seemed to like mine and uh i don't think that the hrcc community fits into the standard podcast listener mold I think y'all got to do y'all, and y'all got this. Oh, thank Aww, you. That's right. so nice. I got to let the uh, repeater reset. Oh, really... thank you. Boy, howdy. All right. So, yeah, everybody, let, let's let let's take a – I'm not, I'm not going to belabor this a little bit. 
But once upon a time, there, you know, you could buy an kit. orange Julius no. every time you oh. went to the mall. They were just there, and we took them for granted. I talked about this on the podcast didn't I? <laughs> that I spent like a summer just trying to backwards engineer the orange Julius drink. We didn't know we had so little time with it. I was like, you no, know, if we had known, we would no, have treasured it. No, you, <laughs> I talked about this, right? Didn't I? Did I not talk about this? I don't know. Did you? I was like, I would say I was somewhere between Ben's age and like 13. Just, and I just kept whipping telling, up some Julia. And I kept telling my mom, I'm like, mom, I need you to buy like 12 different <laughs> kinds of condensed orange juice. <laughs> And I took it, I took it to every level possible. Like I, sometimes I would make them with just the condensed thing in the blender. Okay. Very little like water. All I mean, right. there's obviously water, but I, I don't remember the recipe. I didn't write any of this down. I just did it from memory. You were like an orange Julius savant. I just, I just <laughs> whipped it up. I got pretty close and I would always give it to my mom because my mom, that was like her favorite drink. Right. Aww. And I, I would. We're going to have to bring some to her. You got to ask her about this. So, you, you know, she can she can verify that I was an absolute lunatic. But, yeah, I would just start tearing up the kitchen, making Orange Julius. And I was putting like crushed coconut in to try and do the, the pina one. Uh, by the way, the secret ingredient is vanilla extract. I didn't know if anybody didn't know that, but that's. Oh, I do remember you saying. Yeah, this, th this is this. You is do know that they made. An orange Julius drink powder. Yeah, where yeah, yeah. All you would have to do is add orange juice and then blend. That's actually what kicked this whole thing off. Do you remember going to the uh, supermarket as a kid and they used to have the banana milkshake powder thing? Mm -hmm. And you would put like three bananas in there and dump this powder in with some milk. Okay. So we did that once. And then I was like, well, why can't we do this? I can do this with orange Julius. I can orange Julius myself. I can, I can Julius. <laughs> on my own i'm a strong Who independent child me better than me <laughs> yeah. and and so i i i liked the banana i didn't like bananas as much as i liked oranges and i loved the orange julius and so i was like okay i could i didn't know it was called backwards engineering but that's literally what i was doing i was i was literally just going nuts with this you know austere blender or whatever or oster 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 <laughs> is it from uh is it from New England? Yeah. <laughs> is it? Oyster. It's an oyster blender. An oyster. 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 I don't know what it is. I don't know where I'm going with this. Oh, Wait. no, no. Radio kits. Hold on. Radio kits. Yes. I almost got sidetracked. Okay. So Heathkit and, and all those companies that used to make these base station radios, that stuff is kind of, there's not really anybody doing that anymore. Ellacraft was kind of like the last major player in that space. And, they, and Alicraft think, was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And they're like, you know what? We could make more money if we just didn't we, let you build them. Let us do the build. And our uh, our product support line got a lot quieter when we built it for you. <laughs> uh, seriously, though, I think they still have a couple of kits, regardless. So most of that kit building aspect of radio has gone into the QRP market. So tiny QRP radios is where it's at for kit building now. The mm, one, the Pixie. Uh, well, the Pixie is the one that everybody kind of starts out with. So there's a Pixie. It's it's not necessarily an easy build because it's just crammed with components. 
But if you want the one that like is the hot new thing that just came out, it's the uh, QRP Labs QMX. That is awesome. If you want one that's easy, the Four States QRP Cricket. And it's a fully functioning CW transmitter and receiver. Really cool radio. I could actually go on and on. I will make that an item that we could talk about in a future podcast because those are fun. All right. Well, here's more from Drew. Okay. He's back? Yeah. All right. Uh, so, KO4TWQ again. Um, hey, Leia, Drew. You just about broke me with that ADT state uh, resident name See? list thing. That's hilarious. Um, ADT really, really cares about what everybody calls themselves. Um, a let's see. I think I can use that in a sentence. Uh, that pilot custom 743 looks like a pen I might like to write with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of pens, I that like that with the Falcon nib. It really is the best pen I've ever owned. Seriously, I bought myself one. Wow. Um, yeah. Uh, if anybody was thinking about buying themselves a really nice pen, uh, that fits the bill. Anyway, um, community stuff. Some some messages to the community, Nathan. Nathan. Uh, keep up the good work. Your, your contributions Absolutely. to the podcast are appreciated. Uh, don't let anybody tell you different. You're you're on a roll, and it's a good roll, and who's, I appreciate who's it. Telling Rob, who's um, saying things? <laughs> I'm ordering your books next time I get yeah. home. Excellent. Um, I I love stuff like like that. Like, like the book, I've, I've kind of read a little bit about it online and, and what's in it, and um, I, I love books like that. So definitely ordering this. Um, I Rob's yield my, my Moonmaster trophy to you, sir, for that book. <laughs> but, um, I got that fair and square for artfully uh, hanging my posterior out the window of a moving vehicle, so you can't have it. Um, anyway, everybody, y'all keep up the good work. Love the podcast, as always. And um, I hope everybody has a safe and fantastic field day. Uh, KO4 TWQ, I'm clear. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you, Drew. I cannot wait to hear everybody's field day reports. Oh, yeah. Make sure you voicemail us or email us for your field day reports. That is a real highlight of post-field day podcast. It is. We're All right. On to the last voicemail. All right. Hello. This is uh, Kilo on Mike Alpha Zulu in southern Vermont. Um, I just wanted to call uh, shortly. <laughs> and speak about what I think I will do for field day. Usually nice. every year I just don't actually go out in the field. Maybe <laughs> maybe I'll um, take my 7300 or my 705 out in um, my backyard, or maybe I'll go to a park. So I'll see what, what flight of fancy I shall go upon today. The world uh, is your oster. <laughs> or on field day, I guess. Um, and I also want to speak about um, a new fear I, I apparently didn't know I have. Um, uh, by this point, it looks like uh probably have heard about the uh, submarine and they think they found... Oh, my gosh. The, There's uh, a really easy way to get around this. Don't get in a submarine. Location of it and stuff. <laughs> Um, so I didn't know I was afraid of uh, submarine and implosions. Um, it's really sad, and I just, yeah. Oh, it is so and tragic. And I might oh, yeah. send a link 
to a article where a reporter had shared something um, back in like January. Oh, I and they it. actually toured that. It was the actual uh, one. The, mm. yeah. Submarine, and uh, it's controlled by a game controller, so that's <laughs> weird, um, and stuff like that. So that maybe I'll share that link. Very common in, in the Discord yeah. uh, after the podcast post tomorrow. Okay, this is Kilo One Mike Afzulu saying seventy three, and I'm not going into submarine ever, ever. And uh, field day, field day will be uh, fun no matter what. Bye bye. But Indeed. not in a. But don't do field day underwater. No, because they don't work. Radios don't yes, work underwater. Don't. Nathan, uh, thank you very much. First of thank all, thank you. Appreciate you wrapping up the. I'm glad that you brought up the Ocean Gate. Yeah, Titan we didn't talk about it though. We because been, we were obsessed with it. I did. Um, I did have an issue falling asleep earlier this week thinking about what didn't happen in this case, which which arguably it sucks. Uh, dramatic implosion. Is almost like it's what, not is, what do you, you mean? Dramatic implosion? Is well, that... it's like an explosive implosion. Oh, what okay. they think caused the the death of of the, the the obviously the the people in the submarine. I had read somewhere that the owner of the company was on the submarine. Yeah. So it definitely wasn't foul play unless he was suicidal. Oh, I mean. I don't know. Anyway, but the thing that worried me, the, the thing that kept me up at night was you saw the the tube that they were in, right? Mm -hmm. And if they like lost power for some reason and they, they lost the ability to do whatever submarine-ish things they needed to do and it just settled to the bottom. Right. The thing that kept me up was there's nothing that exists like that humans have really to recover that in the time that they had air left. So, yes, the the French did end up going there with their I don't remember what their what their drone was named, but um it could go down there and and Luke. hypothetically. Huh? That's what the drone was named, Luke. Jean-Luc. Jean <laughs> uh, and then it could hypothetically connect like a tether to it and then they could, you know, hoist them up. There is oh, there's. I, I don't know how much you want to go down this rabbit hole, Leah, but it, it, there, it's tragic. There is so much, and so and it it was this kind of tragedy that brought so many submarine experts. Who knew? Who knew TikTok. we were surrounded? I mean, I I wasn't aware that there was so many people that knew. They watched. You know what? I bet you. 90% of these people haven't even watched the movie Abyss. Well, there... By the way, Nathan, don't watch the movie Abyss if you're scared of implosions. Yeah. Don't watch Abyss. The uh, CO2 scrubber situation was really interesting. The amount of data that people can track down in a tragedy like this is amazing. Mm -hmm. Right? Because... And it was people a complete... People using sharks. It was a complete roller coaster. Right. I, I can't even imagine how scary it was. But one of the things that really bothered me once the plans for the submarine came out mm -hmm. and everybody got a pretty good idea of what the design of the submarine was, mm -hmm. was that they were using 
video cameras and screens to see the outside right and not actual windows right which makes sense don't get me wrong it, it makes sense because i'm sure it would be very hard to get down that low with windows in the vessel like a yeah, yeah, yeah. right sure but it just feels like <laughs> they could have put the submarine in a different contraption <laughs> And just showed videos. Like just while pretended that they an went down there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Outside of the... it, it's like. So I went to Disneyland. Yes. And I was on the submarine adventure, and I realized why not do this in real life and charge people two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to to do it. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to make light of the situation. No, sure, but at the same time, it's I, a bit extreme. It's really sad, and I was really offended and i know i shouldn't have been because i don't i didn't even check to see if it was a hoax but i i saw this post about how the grandson the heir to whoever's uh on the submarine Mm -hmm. one of them was at a blink 182 concert (laughs) and he said that his family would want him to be there yeah it's like no you know what your family could care less about Blink One Eighty Two, <laughs> just so strange. You know, you know, uh, that one cracked me up because it's like you could just say nothing. Yeah, why did you need like just say nothing to social media posts? Like, okay, you don't care very much about your family. That's your business. That's not my business. Like, you don't need except, a clout chase during a tragedy. Except you did make it all of our business. Right, 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 right. right? Yeah, yeah. It's. I wonder, and this is probably the most disturbing thing. Mm -hmm. I wonder if the people who purchased the Titanic tour actually knew how dangerous it would be to go down that deep in a submarine. Because so few vessels can even get down that deep. Oh, yeah. So... Did they know that their lives were at risk? I, I I feel like I might be going on a limb on saying this, but like I feel like going down to those depths is harder than putting the same amount of people into space. I I think that like it's, scientifically it's as harder. An amazing an engineering accomplishment as sure. going into space for sure, like to go down that deep. again arguably so james cameron has gone deeper than um than where they went where well i don't know how far they got but the titanic was their destination james cameron has gone like multiple times that depth oh really i think that that is actually harder to do for sure than like putting somebody into space now cost wise that's a different that's a different statement but the ability to withstand the pressures, the logistics of doing it, is uh, very impressive at those depths, for sure. Well, our condolences to sure. the family and friends who lost their loved ones this week. Mm-hmm. Very sorry. Well, thank you, Nathan. All right.
Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> All right, we are moving on from the voicemail annex and heading up the tower. It's time for us to read your emails that you send us to Leah at hamtactical.com. Make sure to mention ham radio. At least tell us about your journey, what your challenges are, or your ham radio questions. And if you send us a merch idea, and we really like it, hey guys, we run hamtactical.com to help fund our podcast. And if you like those shirts there, go ahead and buy yourself one. They've got We've got jackets and beanies and cups and all those things with different designs. But if uh, you send us an idea and we really like the idea and we end up making a merch out of it, we will send you one for free. So thanks for your time. Let's get started, Leah. What's the first email? The first email is titled Radio Shack Spot. Okay. Hey, Josh and Leah. So much I could respond to in your podcast mm -hmm. since I last wrote back in December or January. But if I wait till I have the time to write it all, I probably won't finish the first email. So in order to not allow the perfect to be the enemy of good, I'll write the short and most unlikely bit now. Okay. I was listening to the HRCC podcast yesterday as I was driving towards Tell City, Indiana, and just as you guys were in the middle of reading your email from Logan about the quote-unquote sus radio shack, I felt like I had driven through a portal into some alternate HRCC virtual reality as I passed by the storefront Whoa. in Canelton. What? Unbelievable. The, uh, there's a picture. He provided pictures. Oh, we got pictures. There's proof. Looking at the info in the link below, my best guess is that this was historically a radio shack. And when the company went out of business, the owners kept the old sign up and left the old layout inside similar. They were just like, nah, dog. For the most part. <laughs> I'll have to call the business and ask them for the details. It was truly a Twilight Zone moment. Insert the Twilight Zone two When I passed this sign right at the moment, you were two were discussing what time Logan was living in and whether or not Radio Shack still exists in the world. That's weird. Wow. That is weird. So he was listening to the podcast. Talking Logan, about Radio Shack. The Radio Shack, the sus Radio Shack. Right. That he just happened to be driving by. That is, that is weird. That is weird. I want to see pictures. I By have way, seen other no. Radio Shacks that seem to be included as a small corner of another store, kind of like the combo signs you see for KFC and Long John Silvers now in some parts of the country. Mm -hmm. There is another Radio Shack, quote unquote, nook in a Ace Hardware somewhere along my routes. Mm hmm but I had not... Hey, is it routes or routes? Yes. Okay. Route usually. But I had not seen As I route my enemies. A router. Yeah. We don't say root my enemy. Like but I had not seen any place that actually looks just like the old school store in recent years. Mm -hmm. I have a real sense of personal nostalgia tied up with Radio Shack, as I'm sure many of us... Hams of a certain age do. I got my first set of Morse code books with the audio cassette oh, lessons wow. taught by Gordon West when I was wow. first studying for my novice license way back in about 1989. 
Here is a link for more information on that store. I will drop that link in the show notes. Thank you. And the images we will post to the Discord. Link is in the show notes. Under I'll really post it this time, Nick. I promise. Hashtag HRCC podcast. So make sure you go there and we have conversations about the podcast and post images. I uh, Did you grow up going to Radio Shack? I, I did. feel like that is a thing your dad was just, he 100%. was down for. We had a Radio Shack near us in Cyprus. I would go. Yeah. So Radio Shack, and this is no shade to my parents, but Radio Shack is the one store. Out of their depth. They did not want me to go to that store. They did not understand that store. My dad is a very skilled mechanic. When it comes to machines, very solid. Oh, yes. Yeah. Very good. Great with his hands. But when it came to technology, not good. Not very good. My mom is way more technically proficient, particularly growing up, but... um. She understood. She, she was so good in DOS. It's crazy. Um, so good at DOS. So good at DOS. My mom Just was rem- memorizing beast. commands. Yeah, so good. Yeah, so good. She was the golden retriever of DOS. <laughs> so they they would not let me tool around in a Radio Shack. They were like, "We got to get this kid out of here." Because I don't know why. I got to ask spending them. money. That might be why. That might be why. That's probably the. But you, you were making we, your own money very young. How old were you trying oh, this to get is, them? This into... is before the lemons and the avocado businesses. What, is it you and Radio Shack, like Ben and a cell phone? Can we go to Radio Shack? How just like whenever about Radio Shack. It's just we often ended up at a mall. Yes. Because of my mom's crippling Orange Julius addiction. Yes. <laughs> and so <laughs> she just, we wouldn't, she never. We have to bring her Orange Julius. So we would, we would go we to like KB go Toys. go and visit her with like Orange Julius? Oh, like, she'd love it. Not just she would normal, not even a normal amount of Orange Julius. Just a ridiculous. We get, we get her a dozen Orange Juliuses, one with ice, the rest hold the ice, and then she can ice them when she drinks them. She can have... Two weeks worth so of many Julius's. Julius. It just could be so many Julius's. So I think she was always subtly Julius cleanse. So she was subtly <laughs> disappointed. I think that like I. So personally, here here's a question for you. Okay. Would you rather have a huge one of those you know, Mexican burger place full of orange bang or an orange Julius? Orange Julius. See, I'm I'm more orange bang. Orange Bang was like I do love. Orange it was the bang, treat that though. like I seldom got, and I love Orange Bang. And the you kids gotta don't go. Even really like Orange? I know. Bang. It's like I don't even Just understand. Give me your Orange Bang, child. We used to go to a lo- We used to go to a spot, and I would. I would wait. Do, do people I, have Orange Bang in other parts of the see, country? I don't. I don't know. <gasps> they do. I don't know. They do. I don't know that people understand. Like the Orange Bang is very much like Orange Julius, but if Orange Julius was made with Tampico. Yeah, no, I'll I'll straight up say it. Like Orange Julius, sorry, Orange Bang is like a Mexican thing. It straight up is because the other flavors are horchata orle, orle, yeah. and then uh, there's like, orle, and they have like a tamarind something too. Yes, they also have a a pina colada. Bang. So so like back in the '90s or '80s, someone's like, why don't we just agua fresca something into a dispenser? And then puts its wait a on minute. It. That's like what, what if it is. Orange Julius is actually a ripoff of an agua fresca. I bet it is. It might be. It might be. We have it all wrong. It's not the Orange Bang came after. 
it, it came would, first. The Julius is a cultural appropriation. <gasps> it could be. It could be. Anyway, or, Orange Bang is one of my favorite things. I don't even know how I got to Orange Bang, but now that I'm here, I'm. I'm it's like one of my favorites. But um, the Radio Shack, that's how I got here. <laughs> that's right. That's how I got to Orange All Bang. All roads lead back. But So I would go to toy stores. We would go to Toys R Us and KB Toys, and I got the same thing from my parents. Like, you know, we're not buying anything. You can touch the toys, do whatever you got to do. But like they did, they never wanted me to go to Radio Shack. Never wanted me to. And I think I could have got into radio much earlier wow i think i could have been what a disservice they yeah, did i know yeah they, they did me wrong they did me dirty on that one yeah but look at you now look at me now well, now that all the radio shacks are gone <laughs> now that all the radio shacks are closed it's just not like it was man no but i did go to the one in cyprus all the time but it's not the same as yeah i'm an adult now so it's like oh okay half of this is sprint is that is that a is Radio Shack now the harbor freight of radios? What? You know, like looking back, was it mostly junk? So that so when when someone challenges you with some just completely asinine thing you come up with, okay. and they challenge you like, "What? What are you talking about?" You go, "Think about it." <laughs> you hit them with the hard and confident. Think about it. Did you think about it? No, it's not. <laughs> oh, so Radio Shack was good stuff. In, back in the day, it was. Then it got it got kind of bad, and then they got merged with Sprint, and it turned into a whole mess. But yeah. All right, Leia. I hope that this <laughs> this week or next will be the one where you show us all your amazing scholarly cramming skills and tell us that you've passed your general test. But if you don't do that, you'll be able to start next week's podcast going through the new general class question pool for me and all of those like Doesn't me who will be so... texts in July. Think about that. Yeah, yeah that's there's so, the silver lining. So encouraging. Yeah. Thank you. There what you a <laughs> somewhere out there. Nathan is pissed. <laughs> I'm just letting him down. Slowly. Uh, yeah. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, Nathan. She's a brick and I'm drowning slowly. Josh, thanks for all that you do and for sharing all of your technical knowledge and ham radio tips on your YouTube videos. You both help and inspire a lot of hams and ham curious folks out there, and we appreciate you both. I've also really enjoyed hearing the stories about your son's antics and opinions included in the last several podcasts. Love the variety. Never a dull moment. Oh, man. Wait till I tell you about children's musical theater. We, we, had, a, <laughs> we had an emotional evening. Yes. The Casting call was made. Yes. Ben did cast not list get was the posted. coveted bishop position. Because, <laughs> you know, the bishop. He practiced so hard. He memorized the three lines that the bishop had, learned how to say it with conviction and authority. Okay, mm -hmm. they're doing Frozen Junior. Right. And then when the cast list came out and he didn't get it, which he didn't even, they didn't do callbacks for it. They didn't do auditions for it. Oh, Okay, so honestly, they didn't it do was... auditions for that role. No, I'm. I'm oh, pretty so then sure you're 100 percent like... right. Yeah, it's, you're 100 like percent right. What is it? Um, a con... consolation. Consolation. I knew where you were yes. going immediately. Uh, yeah, 
for the people who try to get the lead audition roles. parts. Well, the parts. Okay, now, so I wasn't fully on board with what you were telling me, but I didn't. I didn't realize he did an audition. So yeah, a hundred percent. If you did not get the audition part, you got offered one of the three line parts. Right. Some three lines. Role. Like what? Yeah. It's a speaking role. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know. He tried really hard, and I think he also didn't realize that you've really got to nail your singing and your dancing. But he did an audition, so how does he know? Everybody auditioned. Okay. They they put down what roles they want, but everybody auditioned with a, the same song and dance. Oh, okay. So this is, okay, this is, yeah, all right. Right, and this then the trap. callbacks right. were for the main roles. Right. And then I, they just place. I completely understand yeah. what they do now. Yeah, I completely get. That's it. how I would do it. Yeah, they're not gonna. It's a shotgun approach to all of this. Right. Like, which one of these kids has any kind of competence? And so call ben them was back. Just devastated. Oh, right? Ben. He, so he even was focused on the wrong musical. thing. He was yeah. focusing on the wrong thing. That's all. He could have focused on the choreography and the song, and then he might. Well, have he done did. A lot better. He he had already. He practiced the singing, he uh, practiced the dancing. Mm. I think he was as prepared as he could be for those for that audition. Mm -hmm. uh, the fact of the matter is, really, musical theater is not his thing. Mm, yeah, arguably. I would agree. But mm -hmm. he wanted to do it, and I'm not going to tell him... Right. No, bud. We don't. You, we don't stamp out any embers. Yeah, yeah. That just, are brewing in a in a young heart. Especially because, just because he doesn't have like a natural talent for it, doesn't mean that he's not going to work hard. But to. Edison, though. Oh, Edison loves to sing and dance. <laughs> that is a kid. And that loves to boogie and, and sing. public speaking. Oh yeah. He's shocking, a at shocking it. amount of public speaking. No nervousness at all. He's like, I got, I got this. I will explain it to you. I don't want to tell you what I'm going to say. Yeah. Because <laughs> that would make me worse. <laughs> but then, so oh, this man. is, so Ben's super disappointed. I was actually really proud. That was the same way I was. I'm like, I can't, I can't pretend to do it now because all that juice that I'm scoring. <laughs> I'm going to lose the juice. So uh, Ben was really disappointed. He had like tears. Like just. And this is this is kind of what happened last year, too. And I think oh, a lot was. of. Yeah. He got so upset. And they had announced the cast list in the classroom. Mm -hmm. And I think he probably made a bit of a scene. I wasn't there. But. Well, he's a he's a bit of a drama hound. So maybe he is for music yeah. theater. <laughs> And so this year, the uh, the camp instructors were like, we are never announcing the cast list again. In because class. of that. No, because of the amount of tears. They literally just did not want to be the ones to break the bad news. So they just upload and online. That, and yeah, yeah. So now Smart. they post the cast list Let the, parents the night it. before, yep. right, when the kids are already tired. Because they post the cast list like after <laughs> 10 bedtime, PM, yeah. And so you're like, okay, well, you tell the kids the bad news when they're about to pass out. You let them sleep it off. <laughs> They'll come back to class totally refreshed. And so I, so I told Ben, I was like, hey, you know, you'll finish out this camp season. You can evaluate whether or not you want to do performing art 
Kurtz camp again. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. Nobody's making you do it. And by next year, there will be all new kinds of camps available to you because you'll be older, right? Mm-hmm. Because like robotics camp, rocketry cramp, camp. Rocketry cramp. <laughs> yeah. All of those things are not available for his age, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, but by the time he is fifth grade rising, they are available. Sure. So um, then he said, no, I'm going to try one more time. Oh. And and I was like, all right, but whatever you want to do. But I am so proud of you. I'm no matter how much, you know, and, because there was a moment there. He was like, I, I don't know why I work so hard. It's better just not to try. And I was like, wrong answer. Wrong answer. <laughs> abort. Abort. <laughs> like... <laughs> I just, I just get all my feelings wrapped up, <laughs> and I put my whole heart out there. And they stepped on it, Mom. They stepped on it. It's better to it's better to just stay inside, be an otaku. <laughs> that he started. You know what, Mom? I'm never leaving. <laughs> I'm living here forever. She started saying. He started saying how uh, Chloe didn't have to do anything to join our family. <laughs> And she got it. I'm like, this is not a cast. Man. What? There were, what? No, there were no auditions. You want, you want me to kick the dog out? <laughs> I was like, you you know what? You're right. She better get out of here until she can do something good. She, she You're right, Ben. We got to have her re-audition for her role. <laughs> she worked really hard to keep the family safe against children today. <laughs> Dude. Chloe... <laughs> there is one child Chloe doesn't like. It's Remy. He brought that on himself. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, she remembers. Because she was a puppy. She remembers. Like, it was her first week with us, and- He went too he, hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She remembers. Yes. She, she remembers. She's like a pro. Okay? <laughs> she, she will poop on him if she can. <laughs> she he did just not never forget. stays still long enough. <laughs> she did not forget. I didn't want to say anything either. I'm like, well, you know, she, he was a little hard with the puppy. And now well, she's not a puppy anymore. He's also he was also bit by an um Cooper. Yeah. yeah. Which is and Well, so the clarification on bit by Cooper is he was walking around with total lack of sense of awareness holding a hot dog. Yes. <laughs> and Cooper was taller than him. Yes. And Cooper, Cooper took the hot dog. Cooper is a golden doodle. Took, Cooper no, took Co- the hot we dog. We should be clear. Cooper is not another child. Cooper is Cooper a Cooper is a 45 year old man. <laughs> He just happens to be a furry. He's he is our other family friend, like of the three families that we do everything. No, he's a furry. He's a forty-five-year-old no. man in a, in a fur suit. He just felt such a connection. He's just... <laughs> I didn't expect that one. I didn't expect that. It's a deep cut. Okay. Uh, but anyway, Cooper took the hot dog, and they keep saying Cooper bit him. I'm like, no, no Cooper, Cooper bit the hot dog <laughs> that your son was gallivanting around with, that no one was with the child when he had a hot dog. And so Cooper, being a dog, took the hot, availed himself of hot dog. Your son was just holding it. Oh my gosh, you know what, for Father's Day? Crazy. The, uh, the, their family grilled a, a bunch of stuff and then left it on a table. <laughs> like, you know, they were like 
setting up. I don't know why it wasn't immediately sat down and ate. Right. But Cooper ate like almost all of it. <laughs> and did not get pancreatitis. Okay. Well, Cooper's like three three or four times the size of Charlotte. Yeah, I'm just saying still. And that's a lot of barbecue. Yeah, it's a lot of barbecue, but it's not like condensed fat like a Chinese sausage. That's true. All right. And not hydrated. Oh, that's true. Right? Just a dense mass. Yeah, there's no... Yeah, okay. Okay. All right, fair. Yeah. All right, well, uh, Mike continues. I hope that you guys enjoy the video about the elephant cage antennas and how the NSA is training Morse code operators these days as old military mission fades away. I Is that in... And it has to be in the podcast channel. Yeah, I have to go back and look. Yes. I was aware of this. I was listening to a podcast recently called The Good Assassin that was talking about the groups of uh, Mossad. It was a small group of the Mossad agents that hunted down the butcher of Latvia. And they had a moment where they were talking about old tradecraft. Do you know what the term tradecraft is? refers to Leo? No. Spy technology. Spy okay. things. And one of the things that's fallen out of favor in tradecraft that they stopped teaching is invisible inks. Okay. And it's like all old things become new again. It's kind of like bell bottoms are back. Right? Yes. Uh-huh. So we're seeing flares. Sure. <laughs> um high waisted, low waisted jeans, all that stuff, right? They they just go up and down every couple of decades. So What's happening is we're actually seeing this in amateur radio in, in regards to the military. So for the longest time, the military kept going deeper and deeper down the roads of high frequency and highly protected encrypted communications, talking to satellites, right? Mm. Well, the, the problem, and it's not so much of a problem, but it was an engineering issue, is that satellites and the people that communicate to a satellite, right? So if you put a box in space, right? And what if I know where that box is? Because it's kind of like, let's just say I know, right? Let's just say I know for some reason. Okay. And what if I had the appropriate antenna for that thing and I just drilled it with as much power as I could? Just absolutely sent it. Okay. Just, I'm going to send it, right? Well, so that's a jamming. That's that's jamming, right? Radio jamming. Well, if, if everybody on the ground, like all your troops, interconnected via this box in space, and that box in space, that one box you can take out by jamming or just physically send something up there and make it go pop, mm -hmm. right? Well, then you've just disconnected everything. So the military is starting to look back at HF radio again. Oh. And they're starting to do, you know, close-in communication by bouncing their signals off the ionosphere vertically and then coming back down. Uh, th these are all, like, well-known return-to-the-old-ways kind of thing. And they still do encrypted comms and all that fun stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's really, really interesting. And, and so this is this is an aspect of that, what you're talking about. Okay. Right? Great. No, I mean, that's... Yeah. 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 The elephant cage. And the NSA. Well, the Morse code aspect. Of yes. It. All right. Well, Mike signs off. Cheers and 73 Trucker Mike in Illinois, KE0FFT. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Mike. That was fantastic. 
The next email is titled, I have low power t-shirt. And this mm. is from Andre. Hey, I'm a ham radio operator, but not low power. I really like the T-shirt, but would like it even more without the text and without the QRP station in its hand. It seems like it It already seems like as it was pasted onto the picture. You son of a bitch. <laughs> is it possible to get the T-shirt without the text and the QRP station? Just the antenna? <laughs> just holding the antenna. Or just a guy. Just <laughs> just a guy with an antenna. Uh, if not, who's just, just the, the Hamilton logo. Uh, author of the graph. Well, I made the graphic, Andre. Um can I make it with just a guy holding an antenna like a superhero? Sure. So, sure like, take that. the radio out, and it's just the antenna, and then no words. Yeah, I I mean, I, I could do that, but then it would be very confusing. I'm going to think about this, and I... I mean, it's subtle, like we did the arc reactor, the 49 to 1 arc reactor. The okay. Iron Man. Yeah. That's I subtle, yeah. right? Yeah. In fact, I... I've realized I want one of those shirts. I don't I have a red do. shirt. I bet you do. I do. I want yeah. one. Oh. I see Mike wear it. Mike it loves that shirt. Looks good on Mike. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's yeah. the right guy. Mike KMRD <laughs> wears that shirt a lot. And I see him with it. I'm like. Because I looking. made it look like it was glowing. I, I, I drew it. I but drew that. I made it look like it was glowing. Okay. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, important. Thank, thank you for the work you did. Yes. <laughs> thank you for applying the filter that you did on top of it to, you know. You drew the lines. I drew the whole thing. I no, drew the you toroid. Did not. Yes, I did. I drew the toroid and the wires, and I had the red and yellow and the whole thing. I drew please, the please. whole thing. No. What do you mean? No. I made the circle. I. I it's, made the circle. Do you know how many circles there were? Because they had different <laughs> colors to show the beveled edges of the toroid. All right. Now I feel like I'm being insulted. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Let me think on it. Let me. Well. Well, uh, good idea. Yes. But I don't know that we. That's not a free shirt. Yeah. Though. Because it's already modifying. a design shirt. Yeah. Like, could you, could you do less? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And now it's time. It's the Regarding the perfect ham radio laptop. Oh. And this comes from Josh, not you. Okay. A different one. Yeah. Hey, Josh and Leia. Loving the YouTube videos and podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you. I try to keep up with it all, and I'm slowly making my way through the back catalog. It started with the modern rogue videos that piqued my interest. Ah, but yes. I really started watching you properly after a ham friend helped me get my Australian version of technician license, and I have been a fan ever since. I'm learning so much from you both. Mm. Oh, well, thank you. And you're inspiring so many potential projects I could do with radio that I will never have time to do them all. Well, just keep an eye out for the alligator when you're working on those circuits. <laughs> After a while, crocodile. Is that not? 
No, that's exactly how we do the mathematical. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a whole equation that goes into that. After a while, crocodile. Oh, yes. <laughs> now on to business. While listening to your requirements for the perfect ham laptop, all I could think about was the framework laptop. Mm. I'm not involved with them in any way. I just think it's really cool. I oh. feel like it fits the ethos of ham radio yes. pretty well, allowing you to get down and do a lot of things yourself. You can get it as a kit and build it if you want, or as a pre-assembled unit, much like the kits to build the radios you've done, minus mm -hmm. the soldering. They even sell all the replacement parts individually, like motherboard and CPU, screen, battery, different colored bezels, etc., and gives you all the instructions you would need. So if you break something or just feel like an upgrade when something new comes out, it's really easy to replace. Come, oh yes so i have been following framework since before linus tech tips bought into it he he bought into it he's now a part of i think he's on the board for framework so imagine this you sit down to build a laptop okay and every one of your laptop building experiences is kind of like how much processing power do you want how much ram do you want all that stuff right okay. but this one is it goes into the I.O. How many USB ports do you want? Do you want a couple of USB A's? Do you want a couple of USB C's? Do you want two hard drives? Do you want a serial port? I think mm. they even have that capability. Well, the screens are interchangeable, but then everything on it is all broken into major subcategories that you can just open it up the entire so laptop modular you can open it all up and take parts of it out like the graphics card the processor they're all removable pieces huh so in the ham radio sense of the perfect laptop yes the problem with framework is that they start at like 800 or 900 dollars and then they go well north of a thousand dollars very pricey i i have not I'm not lying when I say I've sat down in front of that website and pieced together a laptop like five times and almost bought it. And how much was the laptop you pieced together? Twelve to four fifteen hundred dollars. Right. Like just just you know. How right? much is an iPad Pro? Oh, not an iPad Pro. Oh, an MacBook, iPad Pro with the keyboard. A MacBook Pro. It depends on how you spec it out. Okay, similarly to the no, one you the built. MacBook Pro goes through the roof. Yeah. Like thousands and thousands of dollars for a MacBook Pro. But again, MacBook Pros are not replaceable parts. This, so, okay, and this is the part that, that's really important. You're talking about the Ikea of laptops here? Yeah, but you don't need an Allen wrench. Uh, so it shows up in a box. Then how do you know right? it's and, and there's work? and Well, hear me out. <laughs> there's very various levels of configuration you can do. You can get like a hole-in-one unit where you, you spec it all out and then it shows mm -hmm. up and, and it's done. And you take it to the golf course. Right, and you, and you drive it, you know, a hot 500 yards, yeah. you know, off the tee. no. It, it, That's you, what you do instead of soldering. But okay, you're not like <laughs> you're not you're not listening to me. Do you remember back in the day when you would like old laptops, where things that were like there was a screw, and if you took the screw out, like the thing came out. Yeah. Okay, that's what this is, but it's done seamlessly with like super tiny parts, and they show up in little baggies, and you slide them in. Oh, laptop Lego. And so if you if you don't, you, you can get extra I.O. And then if you don't like the I.O., you can just swap it out when you're using it. Okay. So if you wanted, like if you if you wanted a proper serial port, 
like an old school serial port. Uh-huh. You could take out your USB ports and slap that thing in there, and then then you have that. Okay. Is the is the the idea right? So it it harkens back to a day of of your with laptops. Your day. My day. Yeah, back in my day. But <laughs> it's still like a super thin laptop. So they 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 took all of the like modern day slimming and and making things smaller and made a smaller thing but all of the ports are modular like it's modular group set you can pop components out okay like live maybe not complete hot swap but like pretty close battery sets like larger batteries smaller batteries replacements all that stuff like it's all on the table and their website allows you to part that out like they're all separate little attachments all right amazing Leia doesn't get it. I get it. No, I get I don't, it. I'm not seeing it. Not I seeing told you, it's like the IKEA bedroom of computers. <laughs> oh, did you want a Kumle? Oh, I'm sorry. You only you only bought the Kumba. <laughs> Comparing it to your requirements, Josh continues, twelve volt power. The company has said on their forum that it can take anywhere from 5 to 20 volts oh, and 15 to 100 watts. Don't say that. As long as you can find a USB-C PD charger or control board oh. as it is as it charges via USB-C that can operate at the voltage you want. I can't see why it wouldn't work. I'm so upset you told me this. Screen brightness. It's advertised as over 400 nit, which would be fairly close to the 500 you wanted. Mm. The newer models even come with a matte screen, which I imagine would be better for outdoor use. It is. Portability. It's 13-inch, three-to-two screen, so admittedly at the very top of your acceptable range. Ports. This is my favorite part. I know. There are four hot swappable bays (sighs) that you can put expansion cards in to have whichever ports you want. You could even have a bag of spare cards if needed. So if you wanted more USB-A ports one day and more USB-C and display ports on another day, you could totally swap them out. And if they don't have the port you need, they give you all the schematics you would need to make your own card. There's a community of people who have done this for all sorts of things. I saw one recently where someone had made an SDR card. No. I can imagine you could probably make a card to power the laptop directly directly off a power pole or DC barrel connector if you were feeling really enthusiastic. I'd be excited to see if you tried this out and managed to get it working as the ultimate ham laptop. I would get one as well if it turned out well, along with a few others, I'd say. This is really bad. Keep up the amazing work. Looking forward to more videos, especially the Gray Man ones you've talked about. Yeah. 73, Josh, VK2, NSD. Josh, I almost this stopped reading your email because it is just now is Josh bait. is spending your this is, money. This is bait. No, it's not. It's not right. It's not right. Let me spend your money. But it's you. It's another Josh. It a is. Josh is doing it to another Josh. It's Josh Suption. I, I didn't know that it would take twelve volts. Leah, this is a problem. I know. <laughs> this is a problem for me. It's a problem for me. <laughs> so you need a PD charger. So you'd have to go. You'd have to figure out how to make. You'd have to figure out how to go from Anderson Power Pole twelve volt to a USB C. Which I'm sure that that exists. Oh, that's not good, man. It's not good. Thanks a lot, Josh. Because <laughs> it is. It's a really good laptop. And it's so modular. The, 
Those are two things you like, laptops and modularity. I do. I yeah. like all those things. Oh, that's not good to wrap the podcast up on that. Wow. All right. Wow. So I'm going to make a big mention here, and uh, I was not ready for this, although I need to make a big mention. Uh, for everybody still listening, for field day, I will be operating Kilo November 6 Uniform Whiskey Kilo. That is the club call for San Clemente Island. So if you want to make a contact with me, Adam, K6ARK, or the entire crew that's going to be out Park there. Park is going? I'm, you I, guys are going to have such this, good food. I get to spend... I, no, there's actually a, there, there's a bar and grill on San Clemente Island what yeah there there's like a full city is there, is there still space on this trip <laughs> I, I t we talked about this at the camp out what that what you that? were not gonna go we talked about this you know what i think you purposely discouraged me from going i i filled your spot it's I, adam adam is my plus one now what that's what we talked about <sighs> adam how could you do this with that said, I, um, okay, God, there's so many things, but we're going to wrap the podcast up. We, we're going to be very strongly pushing for six meters. We're going to have a devoted station for six meters. I want to make contact with you if I can on six meters. I, I, I'm super, super happy. The openings we've been seeing, I'm hoping for the best, but you know how it goes if it doesn't work out. I'm going to jump I'm going to jump around on 2 meters but that's only going to be for the local guys. We're going to have we're going to be on 10, 20, 40, most of the HF bands. I probably skip some along the way. There's going to be a ton of people out there. We're going to figure it all out tomorrow or the time you're watching, I'll watching. The time you're listening, I'll probably be on a plane flying to San Clemente Island. I am super excited. I may live stream today as you're listening. Uh, talking about the plans, but look out again, call sign KN6UWK. I am, again, beside myself with the opportunity here. So thanks, everybody, for chasing us and all that fun stuff. Leigh, you have anything you want to say? Thank you again to Alpha Antennas for yes. sponsoring today's episode. And please, I hope you got that uh, secret word. And we have a lot of fun making the podcast. And the fact you listen means a lot to us. 73. 73. Don't put an ad here. <laughs> <laughs>